Blog Talk Radio. I can't believe we actually have another year under our belts, another year doing the show, another year bringing you guys the best in pro wrestling talk. So tonight's weird, man, because usually we have like uh, our end of the year show and we kind of have a, you know, we obviously do our pay-per-view pre-shows and just so happened the way scheduling and, and stuff uh, came about, uh, we're doing both in one night. So we're getting you set for Clash of Champions as well as giving you our 2017 wrap-up show. Then we go on hiatus for a bit, enjoy the family food and fun of the holidays, get a chance to recover from the holidays, and we'll be back on January 14th. Thank you all for tuning in. You want to chime in on uh, Clash of Champions? You want to talk about the year that was 2017? Give us a call. 347-838-9815 is the number to call. Uh, before we get into um, all the stuff we got to talk about tonight, just some sad news in the wrestling world. As uh, we, we learned uh, not too long ago, um, a few hours ago, that Tom Zank uh, had passed away uh, uh, very young, uh, passed away at the age of 59. Um, you know, some probably remember him uh, back in the WWE when it was a WWF. Um, uh he did some stuff in, uh, I believe I'm looking at his, uh, he was in All Japan Pro Wrestling, he was in WCW, he was in AWA, uh, old school guy, so some sad news in the wrestling world as Tom Zink passes away at the age of 59, thoughts uh, to his family, uh, rest in peace Tom Zink. So some sad news uh, to get us uh, kicking off tonight's show, but you can check us out on Facebook, our Facebook page is facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. Check us out over there again, facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy show. Always got some good stuff over there. We'll have a show chat up um, during this show. If you can't call in and want your voice heard, join the show chat over there. Um, lots of stuff. You can check us out on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at the Ken Reedy show. So follow us over there on Twitter. We have our website, uh, the Ken Reedy show.com where you can listen to the show. Um, lots of stuff over there, pictures, so check out our website. And if you're listening to us live, that's awesome. Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. 
But if you're listening to us pre-recorded, that's awesome as well. And you're probably listening to us on the B Plus Players Radio Network. Real excited this year to be a part of the B Plus Players. Join the B Plus Players Network. Um, the brainchild of one Mark Adam Haggerty, who continues to just make waves around the independent scene in the pro wrestling world. So uh, thank you to him for getting us on the network. It's been awesome. And um, so keep on listening. Listen to all the great shows on the B-plus players radio network. And tonight's going to be a, a cool show. Tonight's going to be interesting because um, we do have Rocky, Rocky Santiago, independent wrestling sensation in studio tonight to get us set for uh, Clash of Champions and also recap the year that was. Rocky, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing fine, Ken. It's always good to be here in studio uh, with uh, working studio equipment. <laughs> it's uh, always a pleasure. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to talking about Clash of Champions and reviewing one heck of a year in wrestling. Yeah, and and my tag team partner, uh, Dave, is on location at Clash of Champions tonight. So he's going to be calling in a little bit later, giving us an idea of uh, what the, the crowd is like, what things are looking like over there. Uh, he's going to give us um, a pay-per-view throwback uh, on location. So he's going to be calling us a little bit later on. And as Rocky referenced, it is great to be hanging out with some working equipment, man. It has just been the past couple weeks. Um, and I apologize if, if the sound quality has been off, but it's been amazing. Like, you know, my computer, there's an update that wasn't taking – so because the update wasn't taking blog talk radio, it wasn't working correctly. So I, I was having trouble like loading on or, or getting on the blog talk. I sound old. I said, I was having trouble loading on to my computer. So, I, so anyway, um, so we were, we were like sitting here like on our cell phones, dialing into blog talk and like being in the same room, there was an echo. So we were like Rocky and I, we were in the studio together. We were timing like, all right, talk, then turn your phone on mute. So then the other one will talk. And we just kept going back and forth so we could, like, eliminate the echo, and it was just crazy. But uh, finally, I, I um, got on, on with uh, IT from Apple and uh, got everything updated. And the initial update didn't work, but finally this week uh, got it to work. So, so really excited. We joked, you know, off air, but I'll, I'll do it on air. Um, that it's funny, man, because I'm obsessed with Stone Cold's uh, Broken Skull Challenge. And, and it's 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 funny because like if you ever watch it like Stone Cold, you know when he describes things, he you know he's like, "There's an event I like to call the Ball Squisher, and what you're gonna do? You're gonna run down that hill. You're gonna grab a rock, then you're gonna haul ass back up the hill, grab another rock, haul ass across that place, ring my damn bell. First one to ring my damn bell." He's going to go on to the Broken Skull Challenge. Are you ready? And I, I, I kind of felt like, like I had just watched it. So when I was on the phone with IT, all I heard was like Stone Cold IT, where it's just kind of like, what you want to do? Click on that tab. When that page opens, take your mouse, haul ass over to that corner. Click on that. When that's done downloading, you're going to click on this tab. And I'm just like trying to follow him and everything. He didn't say he didn't sound like anything like Stone Cold. And, and, and any guys on SNL, if you're listening, that would make it cool. <laughs> and not, not for nothing, for for those of you who have not seen Ken Reedy in person, uh, it, it doesn't pass for a you know, half bad, you know, Stone Cold friend. And when he does the impression, 
I gotta, I gotta admit, it's pretty spot on. <laughs> and and, and in, in closing, I gotta say, it's evident that Stone Cold really likes a whole lot of ass. He does all that. <laughs> it's, it's funny because I, honestly, I don't know if I did like the best Stone Cold impression from like years ago, but I think I got, I got a knack for the the Broken Skull Challenge version <laughs> of. Have you ever watched it? Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I love the show. It's great. What I love about the show is, like, he's got all his contestants on. And, you know, he's, I mean, he's, he's always a full-on character, but he never knows their names. So you ever <laughs> notice that still in the beginning of the show, he, you know, he, he speeds up in his pickups. Like, yeah, all right, you got a bunch of badass athletes here ready to take on all the obstacles here. Blue shirt, what do you got for me? <laughs> and, the guy, and usually the guy's like, I'm, I'm here to do my, my best, and I'm, I'm not going to let anyone take me down. Oh, those are some fine words. Why tank top? Why are you here? <laughs> like, but, but he never knows any of their names. I just, I'm obsessed with the <laughs> But I always watch it, and I'm like, you know, the, when they do the uh, the obstacle course at the end, I'm always just kind of like, um, you know, if you gave me a few days to finish, you know, like, <laughs> like when they show the time at the end, and like, your time was seven minutes and three seconds. Like, are you kidding? Seven minutes? Yeah. No, like, no. I couldn't make a sandwich in seven minutes. <laughs> Yeah, no, the, the, the Broken Skull Challenge is pretty legit, and uh, it, it would be hard-pressed to finish in such time. they get, they got to find some real athletes to do that. Yeah, it's great. Did you see the one where, like, the guy, like, finished, and he rang the bell, and then he just let go? <laughs> he, like, literally, like, went from, like, the, the top, from the top of the rope down and landed on his back. It's like, he just hit his back, like, Stone Cold, medic, medic! Like, oh, my God. It's like, we were watching, we're like, oh, my God, like... Like, if it was live, we would have been like, wow, I think someone just died. So, anyway, and that, that was, you know, honestly, that was one of my – I dig that show. I, I, you know, Stone Cold's kind of found a nice little niche. Like, you know, he's taking the Stone Cold character. And um, out of all the wrestlers that, like, you know, I mean, John Cena had, a, like, a couple reality shows. But I think, like, Stone Cold character between, like, Redneck Island and, and Broken Skull Challenge has definitely, like, found a niche for – the stone. I mean, he hasn't blown up like The Rock, obviously, who, who may very well be our next president. Um, but uh, uh, could you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> I, would, I, just, I, I mean, I just want, I, I mean, at this point, like, I think government has just become so ridiculous. And, and I don't want to get into politics, but I'm just kind of rooting for the debates. I mean, could you imagine, like, Trump-Rock okay. debates? <laughs> like, what that debate's going to be like? I mean, I just... You know, like someone asking Trump a question and Rock's like, it doesn't matter. I, I, well, well, let's, let's face facts. You know, not, again, not delving too far into politics, but when Trump debates, it's pretty much like a wrestling promo. It is. And, you know, so now you're, you're really you know, matching shot for shot. So it, it works. And, you, you know, to the point, we've already had an actor present. We've had several wrestlers in, in government. Is the Rock being president really that far of a throw? Not in this day and age, not really. And honestly, like the Democrats will probably take on whoever they think's got the best chance at beating Trump. So fair, the world, the world's biggest movie star, who can who can talk a good game, like yeah, 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 you know, yeah, you had Ronald Reagan, yeah. you, you had an actor, you had Schwarzenegger, you had Jesse the Body. Yes. You know, it, it, it's not as far fetched as people would like it to be. It's crazy, but anyway, I mean, it's. Uh, yeah, it's amazing, like, when you think about it, if The Rock runs, like, doing this show, like, like politics will be part of it. If you're doing, like, a wrestling podcast, all of a sudden, if The Rock legit enters the, the realm and, and, and throws his hat in the ring to be 
the next president of the United States. Um, that's all podcasts. All like all of a sudden we're going to be talking about the election and, and the primaries and it's just it's crazy to think about. Any wrestling promos against countries? Yeah. So when we think like when we go like the 2020, we're talking about like we're doing our year end show. It could be a much different vibe. When we're talking about like uh, things that happen in the world of pro wrestling and stuff like that. But 2017 was definitely a, um, an interesting year. Um, you know, highs and lows. Uh, you know, it's it's intriguing that you know I feel like you know maybe coming into this year, although like like Impact Wrestling um, had been floundering for quite some time, I still like they're able to kind of hold down that uh, that spot of being the number two company, a distant second. Um, I, I think like like Impact really took a step backwards this year. Um, I, I don't know what where they're going. Um, you know, I catch it when I can. I watch bits and pieces. Uh, if, if there's a match that, you know, gets a good buzz, I'll go on YouTube and check it out. Um, I really, it, it's tough for me to sit through an entire impact um, with with companies like New Japan, um, uh, Brain for ROH, uh, Lucha Underground, um, really making headway in, in, in the world of pro wrestling. Um, it, it's interesting that just, I, you know, 2017, I think, is a year like when we, we look at the overview and it's, it's very difficult. To, I mean, this is WWE and that's tops. I mean, it's, it's always going to be tops. Um, it still is. It continues to grow. NXT continues to grow. Uh, but what's interesting when you look at the year in wrestling, the independent scene is blowing up and there's independent wrestling promotions. I mean, popping up quicker than dandelions in the springtime. I mean, it's every time you turn around and especially um, you know, give us a call, 347-838-9815, because I would love to get, um, you know, people's take on what's going on throughout the world, throughout the country. Um, I know where we live in the Northeast, uh, especially, honestly, the Connecticut and, and Northern New Jersey scene. Um, the independent scene is flourishing. Professional wrestling is flourishing. And it, while you might not it might not ever be realistic to think that any company could ever take over the WWE. Um, there are a lot more choices for the wrestling fan to go to. Um, there's different promotions, different promotions are different philosophies. Um, a lot of guys who wind up getting future endeavored with the WWE wind up flourishing on the independent scene. So, and, and doing what they want to do. Um, so I think that that's intriguing. And it's just kind of interesting where you look at the independent scene is flourishing. Um, ROH, uh, you got, um, you know, the big match, Chris Jericho coming up in, in, in January. Um, you got uh, Lucha Underground that's kind of found their niche, uh, a different type of program, but it's found their niche. So the world of pro wrestling, top to bottom to me, is kind of, and we get into nitpicky and, and creative and, and what's not working, but as a whole, you got to say that the world of pro wrestling has flourished, except for impact. It's kind of intriguing where you look at like how, like how much in, in the world of pro wrestling. I mean, our friends at Busted Open, you know, talk about 2017 best year in pro wrestling in quite some time, um, and and I don't think that's hyperbole. I don't know if I agree, but I I don't think that's hyperbole to at least look at 2017 as one of the biggest years um, in recent memory as far as how the industry is flourishing. Um, but Impact, you know, doesn't. And it's, I, to me, it's interesting because I, I thought Impact kind of, you know, they lasted a decade, you know, they've been around a decade plus. Um, they just seem to not be able to get out of their own way. Also in, in 2017, uh, 
we're looking at possibly the resurrection of the NWA. Um, so lots of positive as far as the industry, uh, except for Impact. And, and it's a shame to see Impact kind of flounder. But all in all, I think when you look at the, the business and the industry of pro wrestling, uh, it's, it's been a positive year in 2017. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that statement, especially when you look at between 2016 and 2017, I think wrestling as a whole has had a pretty banner year. Uh, for WWE, I think they upped their game a little bit uh, versus previous years where we've kind of sat around and complained a little bit about stagnation and not knowing where they're going. I think WWE itself has had a positive year. And like you said, you know, you can't talk wrestling without talking WWE, whether you like it or not. They're still the top of the game. They're still going to be the top of the game for the foreseeable future uh, until something organizes on the independence. But Again, as you said, on the independents, you see a lot of independent uh, uh, federations flourishing. Uh, unfortunately, Impact has had its problems. And, and you know what? My heart goes out to them. I, it's definitely not, in my opinion, it's not the talent. Uh, there are a couple of talent, uh, talented individuals on that roster. Some of them I know personally uh, that I think can really do the business well and are really doing their, do, doing their thing. But it's that political infighting in management uh, you know, I don't know what the heck's going on, but they really have to, somebody up at the top has to screw their head out straight to see if they can write that shit. Uh, but going to the other, you know, independents, you know, you have ROH, you have HOH, uh, you have a lot of guys, and not for nothing, I think WWE also perpetuates a little bit of that success on the independents because they let guys go, and these guys really they go on the independents and they, they elevate uh, what the independents do. You know, guys like Cody Rhodes, guys like Jericho, who, you know, these big names who obviously are names in the WWE go out and they elevate the game for whatever independents they decide to uh, perform at, you know, especially Cody Rhodes. I, I can't say enough good stuff about Cody Rhodes. If Cody Rhodes comes back to the WWE, that pop is going to be enormous because not only was he a talented individual before he left WWE, but the man hit the ground running and just never stopped. Uh, wherever he went, he, he proved that he really belongs uh, in, in the conversation when you're talking about great wrestlers of this generation. Um, just, just to watch him work, uh, the buzz, just simply the buzz. I won't even get into... Uh, the actions of Chris Jericho and, you know, Kenny Omega hyping up their match, the, the attacks between them, but just the buzz. As soon as you heard in the wrestling world, Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, going to have a match, the wrestling world exploded. And that's simply because Chris Jericho has been a WWE guy for so long. And he still is. You ask Jericho, I'm still a fairly WWE guy. But he also sees that side of the business where it helps the wrestling as a whole if he has a match with a, an, an independent name like Kenny Omega. So I, I perfectly agree. I'm on board. I think this was a great year for wrestling, a great year for wrestlers, and they're doing their thing. And I really hope that steamrolls into more progress come 2018. And we're going to continue our conversation on the year that was 2017. But right now we're going to go after the phones because on location in Beantown, and he's going to give us a Clash of Champions pay-per-view throwback. We're going to keep him on as long as he can stay on, get the, the uh, feel of the land right now. But let's bring him up. Tag team partner who is on the line. Dave, how are you doing this evening? Hey, 
I'm doing pretty well, staying warm. It's chilly here in Boston, but, uh, you know, the action in the arena is hopefully going to make it hotter than ever as we close out 2017 for WWE pay-per-views and for the Ken Reedy Show. Awesome. Uh, you know, and I'm, it's awesome that you're there tonight. Um, I'm kind of – right now, just before you get into your throwback, uh, as far as, like, I mean, is the crowd hyped outside the arena? Is, is there a, a good buzz? Like, what's what's the feel right now? Yeah, I think yeah. From what I from what I gathered, there was a pretty good buzz, um, you know, for for tonight's show. I think from what I've heard, different conversations, a lot of people talking, um, the situation that could involve Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon as the guest referees for tonight. So uh, that seemed to be the the majority of the discussions that I overheard as I was in line. Um, for tonight's event. But uh, yeah, it seems like it's a pretty good buzz. I mean, we've said this before on this show and uh, you know, I'll say it again, December pay-per-views around the holidays, our big holding pattern pay-per-views before we get into WrestleMania season next year and we get into full, full swing with that. So I think people see that, understand that. And, uh, but at the same time, we will, I think we'll get to see some kind of development as to what the road to WrestleMania will look like after tonight's event with some matches, not everything, but certain situations. Like I mentioned earlier, the Daniel Bryan, Shane McMahon uh, referee, special referee issue. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I do think as much as the definitive like start of the WrestleMania season is still the Royal Rumble, it seems like on some levels it kind of, it begins a little earlier than that even. And you're right, like that December pay-per-view, like, um, and even before, you just kind of get the seeds planted as far as what WrestleMania season is going to be like. But we're getting set for Clash of Champions. So without further ado, Dave, you want to give us your pay-per-view throwback? Yes, thank you very much. I am here live in Beantown, Boston, Massachusetts, for a special mobile version of the pay-per-view throwback retrospective. Now, I could have gone a couple different ways with this lesson plan. One, I could have given you a history on Clash of Champions. But I decided that's been done before. So what I decided to do with this lesson plan, considering I'm here on the road, I decided to give you interesting and important events that have taken place over the course of pro wrestling history on this very date, December 17th. So without further ado, let me take you to 22 years ago. In your house, 1995 season's beatings saw Bret the Hitman Hart successfully defend the World Wrestling Federation Championship against the British Bulldog Davey Boy Smith in a bloody yet classic affair. Also on that night, we saw The Undertaker defeat King Mabel for, in a casket match, as well as Hunter Hearst Helmsley, the Greenwich Aristocrat, defeating Henry Godwin in a hog pen match. 17 years ago on this date, WCW presented Starcade, the final Starcade under the WCW banner. On that night, we saw Kevin Nash and Diamond Dallas Page capture the WCW World Tag Team titles from the natural-born thrillers. We saw Scott Steiner, Big Papa Pump, retain the WCW Championship against Sid Vicious. But what that event is most memorable for is the triangle ladder match involving three counts, the Young Dragons, Evan Courageous, and Jamie Noble, where Shane Helms and Shannon Moore of three count simultaneously grabbed the contract to earn an opportunity at the Cruiserweight Championship held by Chavo Guerrero at that time. Eleven years ago, on this date, Armageddon 2006, we saw Kane defeat MVP in an Inferno match. We saw The Undertaker 
defeat Mr. Kennedy in a last ride match. We saw John Cena team up with Batista, the WWE champion and the world heavyweight champion, as they defeated Booker T, I should say King Booker, and Finley. And rounding out that evening on this date, Armageddon 2006, we saw Paul London and Brian Kendrick successfully defend their tag team titles in an impromptu fatal four-way ladder match, stealing the show, might I add, with the Hardys, Eminem, and the team of William Regal and Dave Taylor. Which brings me to five years ago, closing out this retrospective on this date in wrestling history. At the TLC 2012 event from the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York, The Shield made their official pay-per-view match debut, defeating Team Hell Knows Ryback, Kane, and Daniel Bryan in a six-man tag team tables, ladders, and chairs match. And also on that night, we saw Dolph Ziggler retain his Money in the Bank contract in a ladder match over John Cena. Class, thank you for joining me in 2017 for some of the most fun and historical pay-per-view throwback retrospectives that I've been able to deliver. I can't wait for 2018. Class dismissed. Good stuff, as always. Thanks, Dave, for, for joining us from uh, from Boston, and uh, it's, it's awesome. And it's been, like, a really cool year. Um, you know, we started the show off. We got Dave's predictions, so when we get into the predictions, we'll uh, be sure to report on uh, Dave's predictions. But, uh, you know, this year, Dave, has been a, a kind of bad year in the industry of, of pro wrestling. Um, your thoughts on, like, 2017? Um how it played itself out and, and maybe get into uh, some of your moments, wrestlers of the year, everything of the year stuff. Uh, why don't you give us uh, your thoughts in 2017? Well, in 2017, I think the business has evolved. Obviously, in the past several years, it keeps evolving, but I think it's evolved in the sense that for a long time, WWE has been the number one game in town in the industry, and everyone else has been fighting for second place. And I feel like in 2017, more so than ever, we've been seeing definitively other promotions and talent included in those promotions helping make a viable wrestling landscape for people to work outside of WWE. Names like the Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes. And I think I heard Rocky mention it as I got on the line, the situation with Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho. It's, it's, for the most part, a lot of guys in the business have strived and and wanted to work for solely WWE because it was the only game in Something town. But now a lot of guys pass up those opportunities to work for WWE so they can work for Ring of Honor or New Japan or Lucha Underground or, or, or you know, travel the indies and make a name for themselves. So I feel like in 2017, if I were to sum it up, it's been a year where the landscape outside of world wrestling entertainment has evolved and grown to the point where guys coming in and out of WWE, there's a market, a bit, a larger market for guys to apply their craft and show what they can do in the wrestling world. And that's why I look at for 2017 pro wrestling. It's been a really good year. The Omega Jericho stuff. I'll go on record as saying Omega and Jericho was the, I didn't see that coming moment of the year for me. I didn't think we'd see Chris Jericho, who has solely been in the WWE for quite a while, work a New Japan Pro Wrestling event against Kenny Omega. It helps build the New Japan brand, and it helps put eyeballs on WWE's product because of Jericho's association with it. So if I were to make up an award of the I Didn't See It Coming award, it would go to Jericho and Omega. Um, 
far as match of the year goes for me, if I were to pick a match of the year, there's been so many great matches, not only in WWE, but just outside of wrestling in general. Um, but one match that really comes to mind for me, I should say two matches. At NXT TakeOver Chicago, we saw, the, we saw two huge matches take place at that event. The Offers of Pain defeated D- DIY, Tom, uh, Tommaso Ciampa, and Johnny Gargano for the NXT Tag Team titles in a brutal ladder match. And I thought it was one of the best matches of the year. Along with Tyler Bates and Pete Dunne and the United Kingdom Championship at that event, I went on record as saying when that match took place that that was match of the year. I'm not going to put that as my match of the year this year because it, although it was good, it just, for whatever reason, there's one match in particular that I thought really just set the bar for championship matches. And it won match of the year in 2016. And I feel like in 2017 on the Ken Reedy show, this match definitely deserves that honor. I'm going with uh, AJ Styles and John Cena from the Royal Rumble in 2017 for the WWE championship as my match of the year. I just thought it told a great story and the, the milestone 16th title reign for Cena at a big event like the Rumble in the Alamo Dome. I mean, it just, it just proved to me as a fan and certainly to all the people that support John Cena that, you know, he's the real deal. He's the measuring stick. And there's no reason why people should be getting him, giving him shit for what his character portrays and the in-ring ability he has. So for me, that was the definitely the match of the year. Um, the pay-per-view of the year, I'm going to give that to Survivor Series. I thought Survivor Series top to bottom was a really good card, with the exception of the finish of the main event. I loved Brock and AJ. I loved the Usos in the bar match. I thought the Shield and the New Day tore it up in a six-man tag. Even for seven minutes, Corbin and Miz put on an entertaining match. The girls put on great matches. Overall, I just thought the card was very well hyped and definitely deserved to be pay-per-view of the year. And as far as wrestler of the year goes, in 2017, this guy head and shoulders above the rest, I think has helped change the business and change the game the way it is today. And I'm going to go with Cody Rhodes. He has been one of those guys that has helped make the wrestling landscape outside of WWE more marketable and get more mainstream press. Cody Rhodes, I think, in my opinion, is the reason why I believe Ring of Honor is the number two wrestling promotion in the industry today and everything he's done to help associate himself with bullet club and help the bullet club become a bigger brand and help his brand and just make the, the outside the outside landscape of wrestling outside of WWE more profitable. And it's just, I can't say enough about it. I mean, great matches, great promo. He's got the, the, the wrestling pedigree and I can't say enough about how good, his 2017 has been. He went from being a virtual mid-carder in WWE with a ton of potential to being pretty much the, 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 the hottest thing in the business outside of WWE, and that's saying something. So that's my take on 2017 as far as pay-per-view, match of the year, you know, wrestler of the year. That's, that, that's what I took away from 2017. Hey, good stuff, and and I agree with you. You know, what Cody Rhodes has, has been able to do is is just uh, pretty impressive stuff. I'm I'm curious, like as we get you know done with 2017 and we look forward to 2018, um, just as a, as a prediction kind of thing, do you see Cody Rhodes uh, continuing to do what he's doing and revolutionize the business outside of the WWE, or or do you see the WWE come a call and and we get a return 
to the WWE for Cody Rhodes in, in 2018? Well, from what I have heard, they've come calling a lot sooner than 2018, and he's allegedly turned them down, um, him along with Omega and the Young Bucks. But like I said, that's just what I've heard. It could be rumor and innuendo, as our good friend Bruce Pritchard would say. But um, I, I see him continuing to do things outside of the business. I mean, there's, he's already on, on pace with the Young Bucks to finance a big mega wrestling event and to fill up a 10,000-seat arena, you know, get his own. He's got a promoter's license. He's going to do that all on his own. I see him doing major things and really adding to his resume before he even entertains the idea of returning to WWE. And from what I understand, you know, you never say never in this business. But, I mean, from, from what I've been hearing, he doesn't need to return to the company. With all the merchandise that Bullet Club sells, with his association with that, and the things he's been able to do to help build Ring of Honor as a brand, like, He's, he's their flagship guy right now. Regardless of him losing the championship the other night at final battle, he's their flagship guy. I can't see him walking away only for him. guys sorry about that i guess i got cut off these people at blog talk radio they just love me don't they as i was saying i don't think cody rose is going to return to wwe in 2018 and i think the plan for him going forward is to help build ring of honor and build them as a brand until uh you know, he decides it's time to go back. But I really don't think that that's going to happen. For you know, I don't think he's going to make his return yet in 2018. He's still got a lot left to do, a lot left to accomplish outside of WWE in order for him to really blow up. But um, with that being said, guys, I do have to run, unfortunately. And it's been a wonderful time here. This is 2017. Uh, oh, yeah. 